0: I think you're going to enjoy this one because a friend of mine was in town last week and uh, when he comes to town, we try to get together and we have fantastic conversations and he's just, um, he's such a a, a, a charming, honest, um, endearing person and uh, so we're talking away, catching up, etc. and he says, um, he says, you know, you, uh, he says, I think you were talking about me in a recent Robcast episode. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you know, I was out for a run listening to the Robcast. By the way, all of you who are right now running, uh, shout out to you. Keep running. I'll keep talking. (laughs) So he says, you know, Rob, I think you were talking about me. I think you were talking about my situation. And, uh, I remember, and I was thinking, I don't, I don't have any recollection of talking about him specifically. Nevertheless, he, he uh, then proceeded to talk about what we've been talking about the last time we were together. And that makes me laugh because I thought at the time, what if I did do a whole episode talking about him? So that's what this episode is. So to my, uh, to my friend, this, this episode actually is about you. <laughs> because when I noticed in what he was saying is something I've picked up again and again and again because the the particular is always universal. It's like you're hearing this person talk about the situation they're in and you realize, oh, this is about, lots of people know what this is about. It's like if you go far enough into yourself, you find everybody. So, so this episode actually is about him because he was talking about giving me the update on he's been doing this work for a number of years and he's become very good at it and he's developed uh, an excellent reputation because he's very good at this work that he's been doing. But here's the thing, it's killing him now. At one point, this work was like a dream. It was like a possibility, it was like, could, could I actually do that, make that, create that? So he threw himself into it a number of years ago. And here's the thing, it worked. By the way, success is just as dangerous as failure, maybe more, there, there, are, there might even be more landmines in success. Because at least with failure, you're uh, listening, you're paying attention. Your eyes and ears are open. Like, what was that? How did that happen? What can I, it's like a great school. Sometimes what success does is it blinds you to all of the new things spirit wants to do. Cause you're like, I nailed that. And you move on without the reflection, without the, the meditation and thought that can often come when something falls apart. But anyway, he says, uh, he says, yeah, he says, I've, I've, I've outgrown it. Um, and he says, now it's actually killing me. And he said, now I don't... The people, the people who are involved in that work, all of the relationships i built, I love all these people. It's just I can't do... I just can't do it anymore uh, for a number of reasons. And then he said, but here's the thing. I have this guilt. Like, man, people would kill to be in my position. People would love to be doing this work. It's almost like a feeling of... What he articulated, like a feeling of guilt. Like, what's wrong with me? And that was when I was like, oh, I've heard this before. This sense that your restlessness must mean that you aren't properly grateful. Because you look around and you see all of the goodness that has come your way and a feeling of wanting more a feeling of this isn't enough, a feeling of this isn't good enough, a feeling like you're surrounded by goodness and yet some way it feels like you settled. And for many people, what that immediately does is, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy with this? And so in this episode, what I wanna do is take you into the heart of that restlessness, that feeling like, shouldn't I be fine here? What is my problem? Uh, Let's do an anatomy of restlessness. Because one of the first things that comes up is this sense of greed. Am I greedy? Why do I want more? The moment the word more arises in the soul, for many people, that immediately triggers another word, greedy. Um, I should be content here. Why can't I just be happy? Uh, What's wrong with me? I should be fine. Or his line, there are lots of people who, who would kill to be in my position. And the good news I want to bring you is simply, that's fantastic, because we can work this out in such a way that they can have your position and no one has to die. So we have to think about the nature of a generative universe in uh, some different sort of ways. But let me pause there and say, when you experience restlessness, what's interesting about restlessness is it's very hard to articulate in any rational way sort of way. Uh, restlessness exists. It's, it's uh, in some ways you could say it's pre-mind, it's uh, post-brain, it's below, it's higher, it's to the side, it's around your thought systems. Restlessness rarely dwells first and foremost in your rational thinking capacities restlessness usually resides somewhere more towards the center of your being, your soul, your heart. That's why when we talk about a feeling of restlessness, or somebody presses us, what's your problem? Why can't you be happy? You seem like a little greedy. Isn't this enough? A lot of people would lie for this. You uh, you try and defend yourself, and it's very, very hard. Uh, I'm imagining you know what I'm talking about. You try to make a rational case for why you need to leave this, adjust this, do this differently. Uh, That's because we're um, in some dimension of your being that is larger, wider, more expansive than simply your ability to rationally arrange and structure concepts and words. That's why we talk about, uh, well, you think about... uh, Genesis one, the creation poem that you've heard me refer to a thousand times, uh, spirit hovers, yeah, and that word hovers there. That's a that's a reference like to a bird's wings flapping, like the bird just sort of hovers, right there. Yeah, spir- spirit hovers like a bird. It's like that sense of something r- uh, floating in the air right above your head, or uh, when Jesus talks about spirit, spirit's like wind. It blows wherever it pleases. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, it, it comes from who knows where, and it goes who knows where, and it it, it moves in its own ways. Or uh, you think about uh, the cloud moves, and you follow it. Uh, that I've I've that image has uh, helped me name things I was experiencing time and time again. Yeah, I I don't know what to say here other than the cloud has moved. And something within me knows if I don't follow the cloud, I won't be in the center of who I am and who I'm here to be. So when we talk about soul, when we talk about restlessness, when you talk about that sense you have that there's more, if you find yourself... Uh, lacking in your ability to crystallize and articulate it in words but you do find yourself with all sorts of images and analogies and metaphors and pictures yes welcome to the tradition uh we talk about the the waters were stirring we talk about uh a feeling in our bones. Well, bones don't generally feel, and yet I felt it in my bones, and we all go, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Completely illogical, factually inaccurate, and yet totally true, right? So that's what happens, is something, when you're talking about infinite, when you're talking about spirit, in some ways the best you can do is point to something that you have experienced and say, it's like that. It's like the phone is ringing, and I need to answer it. It's like somebody's baking bread in another room, and I have to go find that room. It's like somebody's playing a song two blocks over, and I have to make my way through the neighborhood to get closer to that song. Yes, exactly. And obviously, in the the modern world that we live in, we, as a general rule, we're trained in a dominant way of understanding reality, which is precision, which is accuracy, which is facts. Um, And yet for thousands of years, people understood that central to the human condition, besides facts and accuracy, has always been poetry, mysticism, the cloud moving, (laughs) the great unknowing. So uh, my friend is sitting there talking about this work that he's been doing and how uh, he's like, I have such great love for these people, but I'm i I'm not that person anymore. And to do this work requires me to participate and validate and affirm and actually help organize and promote things that are no longer uh, I don't see the world that way. Um, I've moved on. And actually, for him, some of the world that he has helped create, he now sees, I don't even know if that's even helpful for where the world is going. That might actually be holding people back. So he has everything from uh, great love to warning to a sense of, no, I can't participate in that anymore. I don't want to live in the kind of world that that is creating. Um, And so the first thing we need to do is stop with restlessness and move it from, am I greedy? What's wrong with me? Why can't I be content? A lot of people would kill for this work, to gratitude. Thank you. Uh, Whoever it is that you thank, God, source, spirit, the Christic energy pulsing through all of creation, whoever it is that you thank, thank you that I kept going. Thank you that I've seen something new that I've glimpsed in the ancient tradition. When you take steps that lead you out of wherever you're coming from, you don't spend all of your energy beating yourself up over why did I used to think that? Why did I used to believe that? I can't believe how immature and stupid and childish. No, the last thing you do is flagellate, self-flagellate yourself. That's kind of redundant, right? Flagellate yourself for how naive or narrow or closed you were, no. No, the first thing you do is say, thank you, God, for showing me a little light. Showing, thank you for showing me the next step in the path. And by the way, it's it's uh, really interesting to me um, doing so many uh, Q and A's over the years, over the past couple of years especially, how many people ask a question, they're coming out of something, some worldview, some community, some way of structuring the world, some thought system, some faith community, some way of understanding business. Um, And it's almost like they're ashamed when they look back on it. And I always stop, usually mid-question, and just say, hold on, before we even get to your question, are you upset that you've seen things in a new way? Are you upset that you're more alive than ever? Have you... are you upset that things have opened? No, and they always say, no. I said, are you grateful for, for all of these new ideas and paths and uh, visions of what your life could be? Oh my word, I'm so, I'm so grateful. Okay, good, good, good. Then let's let gratitude, let's let gratitude be the fundamental posture. It's so much better, isn't it? So much looser, uh, you're so much more liberated, uh, you're so much less constrained, Uh, by guilt and shame. So for my friend, the first thing sitting across the table was, wow, what an extraordinary path you've been on. That something that was once like a step ahead, something that was once like a dream, a vision, uh, maybe I could even build that. You built it. And now something within you is saying, keep going, keep going, keep going. This is extraordinary. What a gift. Now, let's take this apart. And I want to give you two ways to think about this. Form and spirit. Spirit animates form. Form is animated by spirit. Here's what I mean. Two people could be sitting at desks in an office doing the exact same job. And the one is so thrilled to be there. I can't believe they hired me. Oh my word, I get paid to do this? This is fantastic. And the other person sitting next to them could be thinking, I'm so bored. This is the worst job ever. What am I doing here? I am wasting my life. Same form, but animated by very different spirits. So people can be in the same place, participating in the same external forms, but having profoundly different experiences. This prayer absolutely opens this person up. They become filled with wonder and awe. They have a deep sense of conviction about those they need to make amends with. They have a sense of invigorating, enlivening, oh, this whole thing is a gift and I get to respond by giving myself to those around me and the great causes of our day. While another person hears the same thing and thinks, oh yeah, the same old stuff and they're bored, shut off. It does nothing for them. This is no judgment about that particular form. It's just an acknowledgement that the same form can activate, enliven, or deaden and numb people, depending on the spirit, animating that form. So what happens is you are constantly, constantly moving among all these different forms, from like a job to how you've arranged your life to how you think about something. We are constantly moving around as spirit animates all of these different forms. Now, forms work and then sometimes they don't. (laughs) So there's often something developmental about forms. This particular arrangement with this particular group of friends, oh, it was the best four years of your life. By the way, this is what happens when you run into somebody from your past who you have this giant pile of memories with good memories and you get together with them and you know that moment like seven minutes in or 17 minutes in when you're like oh my word we don't have anything left to talk about yeah that form for you and where you were at where everybody was living where everybody was going to school, where they were working. You were in and out of each other's houses. Your kids were young at the same time. That form was fantastic for a while. And then everything changed. So sometimes forms, sometimes forms are simply developmental. That worked for a while. And then everybody grew up, then everybody graduated. Then he got fired and she got promoted. And now we're in very different places. That arrangement Spirit just surged and coursed through that arrangement. And then everything changed. By the way, one note here biologically, uh, what we know about your body is that our bodies generally reproduce themselves every seven years, except for apparently some neurons. So we're losing skin cells all the time. A good chunk of household dust is simply skin cells that have died on human beings, humanoids. (laughs) and sort of floated up into the air. So your body is constantly reproducing itself. Your body is dying, and your body is also producing new cells to replace the ones that are dying. And your whole body roughly replaces itself roughly every nine years. So even your body, which is animated by this, but you're still you, the spirit of you, your essence, your opinions, this deep, what we would call core of what makes you, you, continues on. So even your body is coming and going with forms while spirit continues to animate it. So sometimes what happens is you are living within a particular arrangement, a particular form, but spirit is calling you to leave it behind and move to the next thing. And here's the thing. You're not against that form. It performed wonderfully for a while. It's just that now you're done with that form, with that idea, with that work, with that arrangement, with that particular community, with that membership in that thing. For a while, it was how you accessed the deepest energies and spirit that animates everything and now it doesn't. That form had its day. It worked for a while and now it doesn't. And now sometimes what happens is we are trying to get spirit to reanimate a form. Uh, Come on. Oh, by the way, nostalgia sometimes, why can't we do it like we used to, is spirit only knows animating this moment and taking it forward. And sometimes what you sense with people when they're like, can't we go back to how we used to do it? What you're actually picking up on is a particular posture of spirit that says, can't we just go back and reanimate the old forms? Now, once in a while, uh, uh, that could work. But as a general rule, spirit is about the new. It's about enfolding the old and what has been with what has yet to come. So sometimes when you sense with somebody, oh man, they're still stuck in college. It's like they're white knuckling. They're still telling stories about when we were interns. Oh my word, they they're like stalled at that year when all of our kids were the same age and we all lived in those houses on that. It's like they never left that street. I did years ago, right? What happens essentially is they're white knuckling the forms. It's like they're gripping it more tightly while spirit keeps saying, come on, come on, cloud is moved, wind is blowing, the next thing, the next thing. Yeah, oh, by the way, uh, that ancient story of the golden calf, these Hebrews, former slaves wandering in the wilderness, they're being invited into the great mystery of the divine who is formless, because infinite is formless, they're being invited and they're waiting at the bottom of the mountain. Moses is up on the mountain. Uh, the divine and human are coming together. Once again, that Ten Commandments story is always about the divine and human. It's about all of humanity being united with the divine. Uh, but these Hebrews, they can't do it. They just can't do it. It's too... It's. It's too, much, it's too much formlessness. It's too, it's, it's terrifying. They can't get their hands around it. And so what do they do? They build this golden calf. You can see what that is. Just give me a form I'm familiar with. Don't make me go through the process of letting go of my old forms so I can say yes to new forms. Uh, I met this wonderful uh, couple with this aching question uh, a couple of weeks ago on tour. And they were talking about uh, their kids and how it's not fun anymore and it's supposed to be fun. And even as the dad said, I just, it's it's just awful right now. Um, and you could see um, they've been trying to do it a certain way, trying to be parents to these particular kids in a particular way, and it's not working. And you could see it on there and, and in their sort of, ache and the longing and the question, you could see, oh, there's an invitation there. There's an invitation there. You know what the invitation is, my friends? To blow up those old forms. Because sometimes what happens is you get in enough agony because you just keep doing it the same way. That at some point, you have to, like, torch those forms. You have to dynamite. Sometimes we've become so attached that we, uh, we have to blow them up um, so that We won't keep falling back into the old patterns. That's why you need a ritual, a rite. Sometimes you need a ceremony. Sometimes you need to get your friends together and say, I have been doing whatever it is this way for so long, and it isn't working, and I need you all to help me. We're going to have a funeral for the old way so that the new way can be birthed. Come on. Oh, man. But we're just getting started because here's the thing. Uh, sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. Sometimes the problem is the form, but sometimes the problem is not the form. Sometimes it's spirit. So here's what I mean. Oh, here's an example. It's like you're doing uh, a podcast, which you've named after yourself, for four years and you've been doing it a particular way and something within you, it's like you've you've come to the end of arranging it. that. It's just subtle little tweaks, rhetorical moves. Um, And you start doing it just in a slight, you just bring a little bit of different energy to it. You just think about how you prepare for it a little bit differently. And suddenly this form talking into a microphone becomes Totally, you bring a slightly different spirit. You tweak that spirit just a to touch, uh, and suddenly it's like the form becomes new again. Now, this is what happens when you have a long-term partner. Now, that form, you've been married, you've been wearing wedding rings, you had a ceremony back in the 1900s. <laughs> You're good with that form. Uh, and so what it is, is it's spirit constantly reanimating that form, and suddenly it's like you just got married. It's like a honeymoon all over again. That's why sometimes it's one, and sometimes it's the other. Sometimes what you're doing is saying, oh, it's the discernment to know, there's nothing wrong with this form. I need an entirely new way to approach it you're not not going to be the parent to that kid. You're not going to be like, forget this parenting form. You're on your own, kid. You're, (laughs) right? I'm your landlord. Let's try that. No, you are the parent. So that form exists. So the really interesting thing is when you say, I need this form, this relationship, this setup. We need it to be reanimated with a whole new kind of spirit. By the way, spirits that will actually, that will absolutely kneecap everything, that will just suck the life right out of a form. Here's one, entitlement. A spirit of entitlement will corrode whatever it comes in contact with. If you believe that you are owed something, if the whole thing is not a gift that you receive with joy and grace, but that you have somehow been shafted And so somebody somewhere, the universe itself owes you. A spirit of entitlement, lethal. Here's another one, jealousy. When when the animating spirit is tinged with jealousy, uh, there is envy, I want what isn't mine. There is jealousy, I want what I believe is mine. Either of those absolutely toxic. That kind of spirit uh, animates everything in such a destructive way. Uh, I'll tell you one that is subtle, but an animating spirit of victim. I'm the victim here. Because a victim is, and obviously horrible things happen to people, we're not denying that anyway, but When the animating spirit of victimhood is disempowerment, I have no power here. Other people make decisions about my peace, joy, and love. Lethal. Lethal. Because what spirit always does is activate and empower. The movement of spirit is always into a greater awareness and self-preservation of the options and power you do have here. Two people sitting at two desks in an office and the one hates their job and the other loves it, same form, different spirit. The one who hates the job, the lie is I have no options. You always have options. Spirit, (laughs) spirit, spirit that animates the entire universe is never like, wow, that's tough. There's nothing out, you're right. The same spirit that animates the cosmos, that brings about endless species, millions and millions and millions of different distinctions and types, that is the coursing energy through every song and piece of art ever, that surges through every single human being, no two alike, that spirit is re- is not going to say to you, you're right, there are no options here there's just one path and it's blocked. Man, I hate to be you. (laughs) Because see, when we're talking about spirit, uh, and thousands and thousands of traditions across thousands of years have been witnessing to this with different language and customs, and when you're talking about spirit... You're talking about the activating energies of the universe that are alive every human being. The one thing you're not ever going to get back is there are no options. So sometimes when you're feeling victim, which is really disempowerment, which is really, I have no power here, what you're really asking for is, Spirit, please show me something I do have some control over. Show me what power I do have. Show me options that I haven't seen before. I'm telling you, you say this prayer, you make this your mantra, show me my options. And don't get all like sort of, uh, you right. I don't even know what that sound is, but you know that sort of, it's just a lame sort of, if you have some time and you could fit me into your schedule, that sort of prayer, mantra, meditation, opening of the heart. No, no, demand this stuff. Uh, Seek and knock and keep knocking and make some noise and throw some stuff at, you know, throw some rocks at the windows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, That's, by the way, by the way, would that be great? Because sometimes people are like, hey, what's your definition of prayer? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if you're like, what's my definition of prayer? Throwing rocks at windows until one of the windows breaks and the person inside hears you and gives you what you want. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> That's so dumb. But it also has some, uh, I don't know, some weird truth resonating in there. Nevertheless, sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. There are these spirits that animate things. and uh, Or another one, uh, greed. Um, greed is... It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Greed is when you're pushing yourself and you don't even know why. Greed is when you're pushing yourself so hard to achieve or accumulate something and then we ask you, how will you know when you've gotten it and you don't know? You're literally running up a hill and you don't know where the top is and you don't even know what's on top that would make it worth running up that hill. That's the spirit of greed. Whew. Brutal. Or, or, or one more. A spirit of lack. A spirit uh, driven by a deep-seated belief that the universe is a place of lack. There's not enough. It is not a place of endless generativity but there's a fixed limited amount. And if you don't fight for your scrap, you won't survive and you'll miss out. Uh, Nothing transcendent and beautiful and generous comes when the animating spirits are these sorts of understandings and assumptions and beliefs. There's form and spirit. And so my friend is sitting there and he's got this, he created this form, he's present within this form, and yet spirit is inviting him to leave that particular form behind. In this case, form being work, uh, uh, a series of relationships that uh, contribute to the work that he simply, that was great, but something within him, cloud is moved, wind is blowing, time to keep going. Sometimes what's needed is new form. Sometimes the form is fine, and what's needed is a new spirit to animate the form in new ways. There can be a backwards-facing nostalgia that's stuck way back there that keeps asking spirit to go backwards. There can also be a fresh, new uh, like a prayer of reanimation. I've been doing this for a while. Um, Something about it is feeling like I'm coming to the end of some season or chapter. It's feeling slightly stale. And so it's, I need this form to be reanimated. And sometimes you get that. Sometimes it shocks you. Sometimes it surprises you. Sometimes it sneaks up on you. Oh, wait, all of a sudden it's all new here. Yeah, I've done this before, but I've never done it like this. By the way, that's called technical term is second naivete. That's when, uh, second naivete is when you read something you've already read, but you're reading it with all of the wisdom of the first reading, and yet you're oddly reading it like you've never read it before. It's like you're naive all over again in the best sense of the word. Yeah, and the one thing we never do, uh, and talking to my friend, we never should on ourselves. We don't should. We don't do shoulds. Uh, Classic Kristen Bell line. Uh, We don't do any shoulding, and we don't should on anybody, and we definitely don't should on ourselves. Um, I should be content here. Stop. Not helpful. Not a helpful sentence. Much better question. I'm not content here. Why? We don't do shoulds. What we do is open ourselves up to guidance, insight, leading, options, awareness all of that, man, I do not wanna be here. And yet lots of people wish they could be here. Here's the beautiful part about the arrangement, especially my friend, we laughed so hard because my friend was like, man, people would kill to do this. And I was like, that is the best because you can move on and someone can take that and no one has to die. Once again, spirit of generosity versus a spirit of lack. Really, somebody else wants this life that you have and you don't want it? Great, then give it to them. And go on and do the thing that is the next thing for you to do. So this, by the way, in this spiritual practice, ah, man, when you find that should, would, could, when you find that guilt, uh, that shame creeping in, um, shift your energies to observing. Is this your first accident? (laughs) Uh, Shift your energies to, wait, what is this? What is this? What is this restlessness? Uh, Is there some new thing that wants to be birthed? Is there something that wants to be reanimated? Have I lost touch with why I got into this in the first place? And the problem is not the form. The problem is I, I I lost that initial love and spark. So that's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for that to be birthed all over again. Uh, or, I mean, uh, the number of parents I meet who are so anxious about their kids, they've lost the fact that they even have kids. You have a human being who you get to... You get a, you have a rocket you get to launch. How awesome is that? And you're all hung up on where they're going to go to college. Whatever. You're upset because they, whatever. You have a kid. That's amazing. Sometimes what you really are asking for is, please show me the wonder that I lost about whatever this is. And then other times it's, oh no, I'm done here. The restlessness is, whatever this is, it's over. So please show me how to end it well. So that I can move on to the new thing, and that sometimes spirit just goes bonkers there because it's like you get filled with that terror and that uh, that like shaky. What am I doing? This could not. Uh, th- th- this is like this is like dangerous. Like this is my life, and I'm actually making decisions here. And this could this could the risk, all of it. Oh, you know, spirit is humming when you're like, I can't imagine not doing this. But if I do this, this could really really blow up in my face. Boom, there we go, there we go. New forms are forming, wind is blowing. Yes, yes, exactly, that's how it works. Oh, my friends, my hope for you is that you come to see how form and spirit are constantly dancing with each other, the one animating the other, the other needing the other in order to come to full fruition in the world. Uh, May you get really good at spotting what this is and then moving and listening and opening yourself up in all the right ways with all, of course, all the courage uh, that you need to take whatever steps are the next steps so that you can be more alive than ever because that's how it works. This, my friends, has been... An anatomy of restlessness. And by the way, I was going to call it the anatomy of restlessness, but then an anatomy, an anatomy of restlessness. I mean, there's like a, obviously a, a better poetic sort of lilt to it, but I was also like, oh, well, maybe there are others. <laughs> so this is one. This is an anatomy of restlessness. We took restlessness apart and saw its various components, um, but I'm sure there are other anatomies of restlessness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> This has been Robcast, episode 231. And once again, the fact that I can record here in the back house and that you can hear it astounds me that, the, that, that I lived in such a time. Because I was born in the 1900s uh, where this sort of thing is possible. Shout out to all of you in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Kansas City who... We're at the Introduction to Joy tour last weekend. Um, so much. It was nine degrees outside, but the heat and love inside. Oh, my word. And this tour is just getting started. My word. Uh, next up, I'll be at, in San Diego uh, in mid-March. And then um, Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And tickets just went up for Tucson, Arizona, And I'll be at the Rialto. I love that theater. And I'll be in Mesa, Arizona. So um, all those tickets are up. And I would love to see you at all those different places. And um, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Birmingham. Tickets went up for those cities as well. So uh, I would love to see you at any one of those. And then um, the third part of my new commentary on the book of Leviticus, which is called Blood, Guts, and Fire. The third part is out. So nine hours have been released So far. (laughs) Oh, my word. And when you see what Leviticus is actually about, it's like the punching bag of books in the Bible because it's considered so sort of backwards and archaic. But when you see what it's about, underneath all of the sort of foreignness of something happening written three, you know, thousands of years ago, when you see what it's about justice, proper care of the land, uh, the concretization of the ideal. Very, very, very profound. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote a book a couple years ago called What is the Bible? And uh, it just came out on paperback. So uh, that means it's cheaper, which uh, there you go. And um, all those things, you know, that's what's going on. But um, you, my friends, may grace and peace be with you, especially when you're restless.